Rumpus and we're back. It's the light, obviously joined by Alex. How are you doing? Yeah, man, you know me, I'm good. Vibing. Just got my corner ready next to me. So, <laughs> no, it is, man. That's good. Today we're joined by two special guests. We've got Jamal Horn and we've got Nana. How are you doing, guys? From Footballer, Amateur Footballer Unhinged. How are you doing, guys? We're good. We're good. I'm good. I don't know about Jamal. <laughs> yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. I'm better than Nana. <laughs> <laughs> how how you guys been finding things? You all right? right. How's life going? Go ahead. Ladies first. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> See, this, this is clearly why they wanted us on, but, you know, you're falling for it, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm all good. Busy, busy as always. Um, football's about to restart, which is excellent. So I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. That's good. What about you, what? Nana? I'm good. Working, working, working. Um, had, had a break in a long, long time. Um, also, I work in the NHS, so um, it's just crazy. But hey, it's, this is our time to shine, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Hear that. So, what, do you guys want to introduce yourselves, or you want us to state the facts? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so... I believe if I'm, or do I actually, you've got, you got more of the info than me. Yeah, I have more, more info. info. So we, Jamal here, who's a very senior member of the London FA. He's actually a level three referee. So those who don't understand refereeing, level one is sort of the highest referee you can be and he's level three. So we can appreciate that he's got a lot of, a lot of knowledge and obviously he knows a lot more than me and Alex about refereeing. And we've got Nana Rose. 100%. Nana also who plays football. He's a level five referee, so we've got a lot of footballing knowledge from these guys, and we hope that they can add some value to this. Yeah, willing to be educated, willing to be educated. So I, I have one question I want to start off with. Uh, I want to direct this to Jamal, actually. So me personally, I'm a very competitive guy, and uh, in a, within a fixture, I may be, I may be the annoying one. I'm quite, I'm relatively small, but I'm not, I'm not too small. I may be the one that shouts, "Ref!" When I've been like, <laughs> when I've been like, don't, I've been flipping, like whacked in my shin. I've done a front flip now. I'm on the ground. I'm like, "Ref, call it, call it!" And I always, I always, I've never, you know, when I've done it, I've never seen it as a, such a negative thing but there seems to be this kind of talk from the coaches like I understand you don't want to bring tension into the game but I want to understand you know from a referee standpoint if that actually affects your decision making or if it's not something you just ignore yeah it will depend on the level and the experience and the caliber of the referee if you're dealing Mm -hmm. Any experienced referee who's been refereeing for a while, even if it's not a high level, they will be able to deal with someone shouting ref, especially after some sort of physical contact or maybe even a foul. Uh, mm-hmm. Affects you in the early parts of your career. Everything affects you a bit more as you progress. It really just starts to bounce off you, mostly because you know how to prevent people shouting at you, and also mm-hmm. 
know when to expect people were shouting at you. So, for instance, when I started refereeing, something like that would surprise me, maybe even shake me up a bit. Then, uh, as I got more experienced, I would see a tackle or a potential collision coming, and I would expect to face the music afterwards. So, by the time you're shouting the ref, I'm already saying, no, he didn't touch you, he won the ball. No, you got to be strong. <laughs> Shut up, you coma. You know, I'll be ready for it, you know? Yeah. So is there a part of the training process that sort of helps you to do that? So when you go for the FA refereeing course, is there a particular section about that? It's quite simple. Uh, It's all about going into any sort of industry you go into. It doesn't matter sport, sport, medicine, architecture, it doesn't matter. When you start Mm. from the bottom, always look around and say, where can I be better than that person who's higher than me? How can I improve this? So when I was... When I was taking the referee course, I was thinking to myself, wow, this is being delivered pretty well. Then I took the referee, when I started refereeing, I was like, wow, if I ever start delivering referee courses, the people that deliver my course were good. To add to the qualities, here's what I would do. So a large part, you can ask Nana, because he took one of my courses about what, five, six years ago now. A large part of the referee course and the training is being able to deal with someone confronting you aggressively or shouting you or appealing at your decision and it gets people ready from the beginning and then instead of seeing it as a confrontation or seeing it as dissent or abuse they're seeing it as a challenge for them to overcome they're seeing it as an opportunity to manage a confrontational situation because if you can manage volatile confrontational situations in any walk of life you're very likely to be successful and earn a lot of money Mm. that's a really good point there really good and yeah. is that applicable sort of to real life as well? Nana, can you sort of touch on that? Like, as a person, let's say in the workplace or whatever, you know? Especially within it the is. NHS. It is, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is. I mean, to touch on a bit of what Jamal said, uh, refereeing is about man management. Like, knowing the loss of the game is not enough. It's mm-hmm. all about mm-hmm. man management because you know the loss of the game, you know how to apply it. But, if you don't have um, a good um, emotional intelligence um, to be able to manage people on the field or your work, if, if it comes to your, your, your daily um, jobs, you're always going to find yourself in trouble because you expect something, you know how to react to it, and it's all about how you react and control it. And then you can have a a good game management. If you let players swear at you all the time, then everybody's going to swear at you because you've allowed one to do that. Disrespect. You. Mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? That's, that's mm-hmm. very true. Exactly. But if you are able to control, not I don't, I don't mean by controlling by you know just showing your cards, because then you know in this country you have nobody in the field after the end, by the by, by the 30th minute of the game. Mm-hmm. But if you're able to talk to them and have them respect you you know, um, lower their voice when they're talking to you, respect you when they're talking to you, then already you have control of the game, you know, and it, it can go on well. It applies to the same, you know, I, I manage about um, 18 people and I have to deal with, as much as dealing fairly with the whole team, you have to know each and every individual and how they respond to um, certain situations. So that mm. you, you can call them aside individually and talk to them. Or you can call the whole team. Oh, listen to Nana. He doesn't manage 18 people. You manage 18? 
<laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> see? You see, that's one of the things you don't know about me, but hey. Yeah, well, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell by your refereeing, so I was just saying, <laughs> oh, I was always well, learning. When I took Damar's call, I thought he was a bit shit, but... This is the point he was trying to make. He must have been doing something well, that's why he's been in the business for so long, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, it is what it is. <laughs> no respect amongst referees, no. No respect nah, to respect. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, real, real, real talk, real talk. I respect him out 100%. He, he oh. can be... Yeah, well, at see, times, at, times, at, times, at times, at times, a bit of a, you know, well, I don't know that your audience, so I'm trying to choose my words carefully. He, he can be a bit annoying. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> but um, he's, he's all right. He, he, knows, he knows his football. He knows his referee. So if, if I need something, I feel confident if I call him. You give me the, the right advice, you know. You see, okay. we, should, we should we should be asking them to some questions as well, shouldn't we? I mean, I've, has, have have either of you ever been given a yellow card or a red card? Have you ever sworn at a referee? Okay, never never sworn, never sworn that. at a referee because my parents. I've never sworn games. directly. Mm. If my well, parents hey, like him, your body language is looking very shifty. If I my parents attend games, so uh, you know, you're never gonna catch me swearing at a referee because if I was to do that, the red card would be the least of my worries. I'd rather hold, I'd rather hold a drop kick. I'd rather hold a drop kick than than what would be waiting for me when I come. I agree. Door. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yo, I love your parents, man. Yeah. Uh, she right, dropped Delight, me. Come on, come on, come on, man. Your body language is bare shit. Look at it. <laughs> come on, I want to hear the truth. You look guilty as uh, anything. How man. many red cards? Two or three? I've I've never been sent off. I, okay, I've been sent off by a referee, but not for swearing. Um, okay. I'm What's the red card for? So it was lack of <laughs> so we, we were one nil down. Um the game we had to win to win us the league under 15s this was. I'd scored both goals to make it two one, and then I came off the pitch. Someone about six foot two has squared up on one of our players who's about five foot seven. Uh, was, under fifteens, six under foot two. Yes, yeah. bro, I'm telling you. So I'd gone yeah. and obviously pushed him back. Obviously, like, what are you doing, mate? Obviously, emotions running high. Massive game. I've, you know, kind of grabbed his neck. And the ref's obviously seen that. At Ooh. the moment, I'm sub- I'd obviously been taken off the pitch already. So I was a substitute at the time. So the ref's obviously been like, yeah, come over here. Like, there's nothing other than to send you off here. So, I'm, I mean, it wasn't the worst. But, you know, that's... Well, I mean, listen, for one, so you got subbed for playing badly. And then on top of that... <laughs> You then got sent up for grabbing another man's neck. All right, cool. Hey, at least you're honest. At least you're honest. It's cool. Yeah. yeah and then there was another... Grabbing necks at 14, bro. I don't, don't know what's going on. That's 15. That's 15. Don't get twisted. <laughs> then there was, uh, <laughs> there, was <another laughs> there was another situation. It was um you know, under 23s game. This was maybe six months ago. This was when, when football was still going on, about in October. Some of the... Had a really bad tackle on me, and I, I was very frustrated. And I'd gone, oh, f off! Like I was looking at the ref, 
I was looking at the ref when I said that. More at the ref. Bro. Oh, oh, the ref. More at the ref. It wasn't at the ref directly. Oh, no. Okay, bro. okay, my bad. You didn't swear at the ref. You were just looking at the ref while you... <laughs> All right, cool, my bad. My bad. Yeah. Just wanted to make it clear. Yeah, so it... then he goes, what did you just say? He's like, come over. And I was like, oh, my heart's beating. Everyone's like, they're like, calm down. I'm, I'm like... <laughs> And he's like, did you just say it? And I was like, no, no, I was just saying that generically to the air. And then he's oh, like, are you sure? And that's I was the like, no, no, this is Nana. Nana, Nana, are you hearing this? Oh, that's the best. The yeah, best. man. That's like when a player I'm makes laughing, a tackle, man. breaks up another player's leg. And about ref, it's my first one. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Like <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like... <laughs> no, but I, I, I genuinely love the situation. Like, when... You know, you as a ref, you hear someone swear, yeah. maybe look in your direction, and you call them and you say, "What did you just say?" And they're like, "Oh no, 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 it wasn't like you, it wasn't like you, like, oh, like okay, it was the wind, it was the wind." <laughs> I'll just blame on the other team. I'll blame on the other guys' player. <laughs> All right. Sorry, sorry to to ruin the, the flow of the questioning, but I just wanted to know. But I got my answer, so it's all good. Okay. 100%. Oh, so. I'm, I'm, Another one, just needless yellow card, just kicking the ball away. Like, that's it. That's it. I've never been cautioned. Um, only, only one offence maybe um, is. I don't know how much I can talk about this. My manager will probably listen. Will be vexed. All right. So, essentially, um, I I was I got brought off for being bad in this scenario. Yeah, but. You know, it's calm. I substituted just after half time. It was cool. Came off now. I'm relaxing, cheering the team when you know. Bill more support, mascot work. So, what must have happened is one of our shorter players, that Suzuka, he's at 5'4, maybe. 5'4, really. And um, he was running down the pitch, and someone like, I don't know what's going on in our area with the grabbing of necks. I don't know. I don't know. Don't know what's going on, <laughs> but, but he was dribbling. He was dribbling down. He was dribbling down the wing, and someone that like, grabbed hold of him from behind and tore him back by his neck. Which, you know, as me as an eighteen-year-old male, I just I can't I cannot accept. So, one of our one of our other teammates, my friend Louis, ran in, you know, pushed the guy off him, threw him to the floor, and it looked like a big fight was about to ensue. Yeah. So I run onto the pitch as a sob. I tried What's to either sob or run onto the pitch. Well, see, I I didn't actually do anything physical. I didn't touch anybody. But um, I came on. Some the guy looked like he was about to, you know, start whole load of nothing really, just for a little push. So I run over. I'm like, whoa. What are you doing? You're not really about to do this, are you? Let's be realistic. So that's literally all that happened. And at the time, I thought I was okay. So after the, I think it was the training session after the game. Oh, this is crazy, actually. All right, so the training session after the game. Oh, am I still here? This story sounding very fishy, you know. I didn't even know if I was still here. Uh, anyway, yeah, you're, you're still <laughs> here. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So after the game, um, next training session, manager come to me. He's like, "Oh yeah, 
Um, so we I had a conversation with the ref, and he he had a problem with a load of uh, a load of players running onto the pitch from the sub bench. So I was like, okay, okay, but there was a load of us, yeah. So I'm thinking, how does he know it's me? And uh, pretty obvious. Yeah, the last. Well, yeah. <laughs> he he said he said that he said he he said that along the word along the words. I'm not gonna go into a wider debate about the words that were used, but um, yeah, essentially I was identified as one of the only black kids. So it was like a whole thing. It was like, oh yeah, you could get fined and such and such, and that's like the closest I've come. I never got fined in the end, but that's like the closest I've come, I guess, to an offence. But aside from that. Yeah. Ooh, cool. can, I, can I ask? Do you guys play in the same team? No, different teams. He's higher level than right. me. Right. He's a higher level than me. Right. So, where, where, which positions do you both play? You go first. I'm, I'm assuming Delight is a striker. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I play striker and left wing. I play. I play Alex right back. I play right back on, on the bench. Right back and on the bench. Yeah, those are my, <laughs> my positions. Right back and on the bench. So Okay, all right. Yeah. Both roles are performed right. with the best of my ability. But, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. But I'm going to make a quick segue. So, obviously, at the start, um, I was asking you about players who... You know, once they've been fouled or such and such, they'll shout, ref, 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 maybe thinking you've made a mistake. Obviously, this is a, something we've seen a lot in the Prem recently uh, at the top. And they've brought in new technology to kind of help with those mistakes. I want to know your opinions on it as referees. Um, VAR. So do you think technology like that actually betters the game because I know a lot of fans maybe players even think it slows down the tempo um, and it's, it's a debate that's been had for a long time anyway but some people feel it slows down the tempo some people feel you know if the right mis- if the right decision is being made often then it's always a benefit but in some cases arguably with seeing it made less maybe so I want to know what your opinions on it are. Go ahead, Nana. This is all you. Well, ladies first. <laughs> Listen, I don't like VAR. This is my personal opinion. Speaking for the Premier League, I'm not speaking for the FA. I'm speaking on my personal opinion. I don't like mm-hmm. VAR. I don't like VAR as a football fan. I don't like it as a Premier League fan. I don't like it as a, as a, as a referee either. I think... Obviously, we come from a school where you've got to make your decision. You've got to stick with it. And um, I think people are used to that decision-making process. And even with no one, everyone can forgive a ref for making an error at full speed with one look at something, split-second, heat-of-the-moment decision. Think of the, 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 the biggest thug you can think of, the biggest hooligan you can think of. Even that person can forgive a ref for making a mistake. What they can't forgive is when a referee makes an error, gets a chance to look at it, and still makes a decision that they believe is either incorrect or unpopular. 
And that's the biggest issue with VAR. On top of that, I don't, I just don't feel the game ever needed it. Has anyone mm-hmm. ever won a league on a refereeing decision? Has everyone, anyone, anyone ever been relegated on it? Has anyone ever won a World Cup as a result of it? You know, it, it's giving that impression to the world that uh, referees aren't good enough and they need help. Now that help has come, people believe the refereeing hasn't uh, improved. And I was like, gee, that's just how bad they are. And that's mm-hmm. the, main, the main reasons why I don't like the AR. I agree with that. I agree with all what you just said there. Well, um, no, no. Um, I I have a different view to that. I don't I don't um necessarily agree with Jamal on on a few issues. So um, what, what was that? Was it was it Lampard's goal? Absolutely, against yes, Germany. Oh no, yeah. World Cup uh, Isn't That's not VAR. That's GLT. That's GLT. No, 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 no. Yeah, but no. Hang on. But VAR could have helped. No doubt about it. VR could have helped. Go, but goal line, goal line, yeah, that's, that's yes, goal line technology. That's a freak incident. That doesn't happen often enough. Yeah, but but there's been incidents in football where um, referee has been. We are human beings, so we are we are bound to err. It's it, it is what it is. Now, what I agree with you in terms of um, referee make, making a decision, um, having a look at the this, the the video footage and still continue to make a wrong decision. That's bad. But I think like every new technology, it will have its um, faults that eventually will be fine-tuned to suit the, the demand because this is new territory. Like, in, you know, we didn't think of every little detail that um, the complications of VR are going to bring, i.e. in terms of the time that they used to check the, the footage. When it started, like five minutes, the game was like for five, six minutes at times. But it's getting slower. It's getting it's getting less time. You know, um, bad referees will be bad referees, irrespective. You see what I'm yeah. saying? I don't think, um, you know, it, it, they can only learn from their mistakes. If they don't learn, then that's them. Uh, you can you can you can look at the Premier League games that which are going on. Um, we sit at the side as just football fans, not as referees, and look at them like, ah, that shouldn't have been a foul. Mm. You have to give the benefit of the doubt to the referee in terms of where he's looking at. You are looking at, um, and what a lot of football fans don't understand is we are looking at the whole picture. We are looking at um, from like a different camera angle than the referee is. So maybe someone's screaming at the referee, he's just turned a blind eye to what's happening and something's happened. He's not going to see it. You know, so he's yeah. going to give what he's seen or use his reactions of, uh, of the reactions of the players to give his decision. You know, and it might be wrong because he hasn't clearly seen him or, or even his assistant referees have not been able to help him. Now, this is when I think VRL comes into play to make it easier for him to correct a decision, if it's an offside decision, um, if it's a bar tackle. Uh, here we go, about offside, offside. You have to admit, anyone who's in pro VAR, the way offside is now being dealt with is a fail because law number 11... Oh never designed to stop goals. It's, it's, it's designed to stop unfair goals from being scored. And yeah, but, armpit but to the, the opponent's goal and you're the, the nearest defender is not what offside was, was designed to stop. I feel like even the yeah, way... I agree with that. But what, I, what I'm saying is that um, in terms of the fine-tuning VR to suit the current laws of the game, it will eventually happen because somebody... That this armpit thing in terms of offside, I think it's ridiculous, you know. But come to think of it, 
a team that could be the difference between a team gaining promotion or a team getting relegated. It's never happened. You know it's never happened. See, but it's going to happen. Like you're saying, a freak incident. I'm about, Aston Villa. Aston Villa last season, I think. Yeah, uh, 38. That's the whole point of a 38 league, league season. So that's the, I don't see the point. It doesn't make any sense. Listen, it's but you mentioned a freak incident, didn't you? And I'm saying yeah. that freak incidents make you understand that things can happen. So if the fine-tuned yeah, but... VR to suit the current lot of the game, to suit the expectations of the people who are watching the game, eventually will, it will be better. It has that's to the issue. That's, see, 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 that's the issue. If you look at all the improvements, either improvements in the laws of the game, where mm -hmm. oh, we're all quite young for this, but when they no longer allow back passes to the goalkeeper. Then they allow, um, they, they alter the offside law to where if you were in an offside position and not affecting play, you would, you play would carry on. Uh, goalkeepers were then allowed to move along the penalty area uh, on, the, on the goal line during penalty kicks. All these decisions, major law changes that made football more exciting, that's what the game is about. Making decisions that make the game more exciting. It makes the game more watchable. Nobody says, oh, there's VAR. I'm gonna watch <laughs> Manchester United VAR. Fan, I do. People, no one who doesn't like football is gonna watch as a VAR. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any as, sense. As I disagree, as a Man United fan, I often see the <laughs> VAR screen come up and celebrate automatically if we're in the box and I even pay <laughs> VAR. <laughs> You were getting the bulk of refereeing decisions before VAR. So what, what if that hasn't made any difference? Hey man. Any any yeah, every, I, need everything, man. <laughs> we need everything, man. I, I, I understand, I understand what Alex is saying, because in terms of like this season, last season, like the way United have been playing, we end up in the box a lot of times. And there were times oh. when penalties weren't going our way. <laughs> you know. The refs are against us. Yeah, look at the conversation about everything. See, to Man United fans, everything comes back to Man United. You speak about COVID, come back to Man United. You speak about comes back to Man United. No matter what we're speaking about, it comes back to Man United. Wait, how is COVID affecting Man United? How is COVID affecting Man United? I want to get that. That's my point. No matter what, it's always going to come back to Man United. Whatever. I'll be wrong. My point is, my point is, someone's got to point out times regularly when a team got relegated that didn't deserve, a team didn't finish in the top four that deserved, a team didn't win a league that deserved as a result of a refereeing decision. That's the whole entire point of playing this long, drawn-out 38-game season. So no one can ever be, it's so difficult for a team to be in a false position. Man United are not top of the table because they're not good enough to be. Simple as that. If we only played five matches, you can argue saying, but if we played longer, we would have got to the top. But no, you played a lot, you played enough matches, you know. Yeah, the, but how, how many how many decisions Jamal have gone against Villa? Well, as a result of what VAR? V yeah. Well, but but that's a point to not have VAR. <laughs> no, no, no. It went both both ways. Now, like whether the, the teams are good or not, it it could come to the final game of the season, right? And without VR, something could happen. Something could happen, which means that's that ridiculous. that's there. No, 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 no. It, it is what it is. What made you believe that? Do you right, think, as an, question, do you fan, think... as an England fan, Lampard oh. go, where you yeah. were, were, with the whole nation not 
pissed off when of it happens. Of course. Exactly. So technology hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're, but you're Ghanaian. When Luis Suarez <laughs> had the ball on the goal line, were you... Oh, were you, that was horrific. Was of course they were. And that was spotted. So what's the issue? No, but... What the issue is? Nana's being... But what if he wasn't? <laughs> what if he wasn't? <laughs> what if he wasn't? What do you mean? What? It what was. was. Do you want to know why it was spotted? Because the referee was of the uh, was of the standard. By having VAR in, you are sending a, a massive message to the world that your, your referees aren't to standard. Oh, they need help. I keep hearing. Oh, the game is so fast nowadays. Oh yeah, the referee <laughs> need a bit of help. The game is fast nowadays. So what? When teams are playing the ball out the back, uh, you know, I officiate at Premier League two. I officiate at Premier League three, and I fall asleep in some of those games. The game the <laughs> fast and fit. But they don't use their fitness and pace 24-7. They don't use it for the whole 90 minutes. They're playing the ball at the back. They're playing through stages. It's right, right back to the center back, center back to the left back. Oh, please. Oh, the game's so fast. The referees need help. We've got to help them out. All these, all these um, Sky Sports announcers, match of the day announcers, saying it over and over and over. VAR comes in now. Oh, VAR slowing down the game. Oh, it's ruining celebrations. It's, it's, it's ruining the fan experience because the fans are in the ground and they don't know what's happening. Everyone asks for it. Now you get it. You don't want it. I think I think you made a very interesting comment earlier about how there's been all these decisions in football that has made the game more exciting. And recently, there's been reports of UEFA removing the FFP rule. Now, <laughs> me and the lad were talking about this. Yeah, we think. Well, I've I've said this for a long time. Because I could have, I saw it happening. We think that it could potentially kill football, removing that rule. And the reason I say that, I'll say why I think so first. Yeah, obviously, uh, there's a lot of revenue that each club will get, you know, from not just not just fans and sponsorships, but t- uh, TV revenue. Yeah. Now, say they get rid of this FFP rule. And you see, we see have we have teams like Man City dominating already, you know. Now, say now you can't say dominating. They yeah. have Champions League. You can't. Uh, say well, I don't like Man City, so I'm not gonna argue. <laughs> with you can't yeah? say dominating. But I, I see what you mean. But you can't say dominating. Uh, I'm not. I'm gonna go disagree with you because I don't like Man City. So I'm. I'm happy to agree with that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but you can see, you know, in the league. They're buying a lot of they're buying a lot of the world's best players. Not always, but you know they're making a lot of expensive signings. Now, they now we we saw them get in trouble for violating these rules literally last season, and now the rules are still being gotten rid of. And say they get rid of these rules now, and they can suddenly buy even more. Say they just decide, oh yeah, let's get Mbappe and Haaland. Maybe. I don't know, Mo, you know, God forbid, Mo Salah as well, yeah? Okay, well, <laughs> well, well let, me, let me ask you this then, because I know, I know you're, you're being a bit facetious. As, 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 mm. as, um, you know, financial fair play, I don't know how much you expect it to, to equalise things. There's no way you want Manchester City on the same level playing field as, as Sheffield United. Now, you've got to understand... Uh, your football experience as a fan is no different than mine, even though I'm older than you. Mm. There's going to be a hierarchy. And Barcelona, you know, everything won't be on the same level as Barcelona. That's just how it is. You know, and um, a a business that's succeeding should never be held back. I agree. 
other teams aren't succeeding, you know. But financial fair play, I have I actually have a bigger issue with the transfer window now because um, I'm just about old enough to remember what life was like before the transfer window was put in. And the transfer window was put in similar to a financial fair play situation to curb the team spending. Because basically in Serie A, all the teams were, were, were racking up debt, buying all the best players because winning was so important. So they said, okay, you know what? We can't stop you from spending. So let's let's limit the time when you can spend. And that's when it's like, no, only during the summer and only during a 30-day period in January. So I don't think we need that anymore. Financial fair play, you were right. Manchester City violated it. <laughs> Didn't really get uh, any sort of real punishment as far as I'm concerned for it. But I just don't think financial fair play is needed. You can't go to Sainsbury's and say, oh, you know, you're, you're you know, you know, you aren't being fair to the other competition. Stop stop buying land and building more stores. You can't go to Coca-Cola and do that. Why is it okay in the football industry? But this is the, this is this is my problem with it. I think it there's obviously you're always gonna have teams like Man City near the top, whatever, because like you said, they're more successful. I would say Chelsea they're, or worse. They're, they're businesses, they're businesses, yeah. But at the same time, um these newer businesses, you know, your say not newer, they've been around for a long time, but new teams, newly developed teams, Wolves, you're like we saw, um, like we saw Southend, uh, not Southend, Sheffield last season. Yeah, these new teams, maybe potentially coming out of nowhere and making an effort. Now, if you allow your Man United's, your Chelsea's, your Man City's to have as much freedom as they want, even though, like you said, it's never going to completely stop, I feel like it eliminates, you know, the chance of maybe us seeing another. I know there's it doesn't happen often, but your Leicester City is coming up and winning the leagues. You know what I mean? I feel like it kind of eliminates that that small, however small that chance. Well, the the Leicester thing you need to remember: once in every twenty years in the Premier League, something like that will happen. The last time that happened, obviously I was I was a boy, but Blackburn Rovers. Or, you know, won the Premier League out of nowhere because all the teams were fighting in Europe, all the big teams were rebuilding, and they were able to monopolize on that. But mm. one thing's for sure, you know, when I fell in love with the Premier League in the sort of late 90s or whatever, when I was really young, you know, football was very exciting then. There was no financial fair play. There was no transfer window. Football was very, very exciting. So don't think that, oh, it's going to be less exciting if they take it away. No, think about it. Think about it. You just, you came up with, uh, an example, it was facetious, but it's still an example. Okay, Manchester City by Holland, 150 million. Mm. Okay. With, without financial fair play, those those numbers will go up. That means Dortmund are going to get more money. That means um, whoever Dortmund bought Holland from are going to get more money because there's a sell-on value. Yeah. That means Dortmund then have to go down and buy a, stri- buy a striker from a lower end. Okay, maybe somewhere else, some other team in the Bundesliga. They'll go to Dortmund. Then that team has to replace that player. Okay, mm, it's an economic effect. A lot of players benefiting. Exactly, it's a multiplier effect, ripple effect, whichever. So economically, you want people spending. You want people spending. People will benefit. It will. It can. It will filter all the way down to non-league. It will filter all the way down. Man City will buy this player. Then Sheffield, they buy a player from Sheffield United. Sheffield United goes to the championship, get a player. It ripples all the way They'll down. All the way down to non-league. Yeah, so I can even give you an example of how that worked in when Abramovich came in and he bought Arjen Robin, and as a result of that, um, PSV had to sign the Beasley Rangers. He went, he went to PSV. 
it's like it it, it comes it, the money spends and, and it spreads. So I understand what you're thinking. Oh, what happens if Man City bought Harlan Salah and Mbappe? Wow, they'll just but you think about it, while making themselves stronger, they'll be making other teams stronger because they're strong. You see what I'm saying? So financial fair play stifles this. This is my football economics understanding as to why it's no longer needed. Once they then take away the transfer window, then I think it will be completely open because kids like yourself, you don't even know what you're missing. Man United would would lose a match or they would draw a match nil-nil. Literally on Monday, Alex Ferguson will be in the it'll be reports in the papers. He's gonna buy this. He's gonna buy Romario from Barcelona. He's gonna buy Stoichkov. He's gonna buy this player, that player, and you you don't know what you're missing. I was really young, but I remember it. And now transfer transfer windows dead now. It's like oh, I have to wait till January. No one wants to pay anyone in January because you overinflate the price. So that means you have to wait till the summer. But the summer's quite long, so you know people. Sometimes I start watching the Premier League and Oogie. So I'm like, oh, when did he sign for that team? You know. <laughs> When there was no transfer window, it was so much more exciting. What do you think? Oh, yeah, man, I, I oh, think oh, oh. I, I think um, financial fair play was um, was doomed from the very beginning. Anyway, you know, because um, the bigger clubs will be bigger clubs. End of. You're telling people that they can only spend um, how, in terms of how much they earn. And Sheffield United, with all due respect to them, they don't earn as much as. Man City or United do. Mm. You understand? So United and, and City and them lot can, can um, you know, spend what they want, really, so provided the money's coming in. And um, so I, I, was, I was like, you know, what are they doing with this financial fair play? And you've seen teams all over the world flouting this, 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 this um, new regulations anyways. Barca, Madrid, Juventus, City, it's a joke. It's a joke. Mm. They were never going to be able to um, properly manage that. If you see City as a business, you know, Etihad, Qatar Airlines, um, they have franchises in, in America, like, call it whatever you want, but as they, they, they will find a loophole, as they expand and get more businesses under them, they get more money. So if I come and tell you that at the end of the day, this is all my business and I earn a billion pounds a month or a billion pounds a year, it means I can spend within my means. So how is that really helping? The only way it will be helping is if we let them spend, they spend. And once they, like Jamal said, once, once they give the money to this team, they'll buy a player from this, this team, that, player, that, that team also have to buy somebody to replace them. So the money goes round and round. Yeah. And that's before the transfer window came around that's when it was exciting because like if we lost the game today as united if you lost the game today next week we could have a, a new player you yeah. know what i'm saying and that was when football for me was even more exciting they're trying to find you know different ways to control things but they'll always find ways around it they'll always find they'll always be loopholes so you know i, th- I thought it was a much to do about nothing in terms of the financial fair play and whether it stays or goes, I don't think it's gonna. It's, it's not gonna be missed. Let's just put it that way. You know. <laughs> so the effect won't be that much on the actual footballing industry. You don't think? No, it, 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 the the effect could be big, but it'll be. Uh, uh, I think it'll be more of a positive effect than people um, expect because the way football's set up, 
there is no, it isn't like Monopoly. You know, Monopoly is a board game that to all of us, a business lesson from the beginning. But it's not like every time you land on my property, you got to pay me money and you have no way of making money. No, what the rich can't get richer here without the poor club, so to speak, getting richer as well. That's just how it works. So why would you want to stifle that? And then on top of that, you created something. You created a policy that none of us really asked for. None of us had a vote in. And then you created it. And then you're not even policing it because you're telling you know. you're breaching it. And then you're not even... They get more money. In the first place. And then now, you you know? Well, let me not speak for you, love, but I'm, that's, that's how I see it. You brought in a policy and you're not even policing it properly. Now you're saying it's gone. I'm like, well, good riddance. I think, I think what you said about how it can filter down to non-league is interesting as well. Because I, me and Delight actually did our research. We decided to watch one of your more recent podcasts. And uh, you said something very, very interesting. I'm not sure if you remember it, but you were talking about essentially uh, scrapping the league in, in non-league football and basing it around cup games. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, when when Alex first told me, I was like, "Hang on a minute." So you're telling me he's saying that we're just not good enough to play football? Was it, huh? So I went, to to it, <laughs> I went and listened to it myself. I was like, "Okay, I understand where he's coming from." I actually agree. I actually agreed with I, it. I wasn't ready for that. You didn't. You didn't tell me that before we started. You know, really I was thinking, "Okay, it's going to be a double team." <laughs> Yeah, maybe a triple team. We're gonna team up on him. Statement. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And now you've gone and blindsided me. But okay, I understand. That's a big life lesson right there. For one, always surprise you. Before you even explain, there was never gonna be a triple team because I know about that. And I'm fully on board with that as well. So it was, it was all, always going to be so a triple team. It is a triple team. team. Wait, is that yeah. a triple team? It's just it's what's on me. Okay. Wait, so exactly. it's a, listen, yeah. listen. Like, we are, you know, unprecedented era of football. Mm. Um, mm. Unprecedented time in terms of COVID. And it does make sense. It does make sense. Because, yes, I understand... People wanting to go nine months of football and finally become champions. As a footballer, it's a good feeling. But it's an even worse feeling when you cannot finish the league. And mm-hmm. it's, it's null and void. And you have to sit down around waiting, not knowing when to start. Like, this has been mad for a lot of us. I, I, I know I've put on 20, 20 kg. I mean, for I, the yeah. COVID business. <laughs> you know what, not knowing when I'm going to get back to football and, you know, when I'm going to enjoy that, you know, I'm, I'm still actively playing for the best league. And we won the season, um, last season, the season back, we won a cup. And, you know, the momentum was going and all of a sudden, but if we were playing cup games, you know, for like, only like a three months, for example, it's mm. done. There's no interruption. Well, there's very few, there's fewer chances of interruption. So you can complete what you're doing be champions and move on to the next one, like the summer league, for example. You see what I'm mm. saying? So, I'm I'm looking forward to when that becomes a reality. I'm really looking forward to that. I like I think, as well. Jamal, do you wanna do that before you start? Uh, I'm gonna give Jamal a chance to explain 
what he was saying for those that you know haven't listened to your podcast yet you know some of our viewers they might not understand exactly what his comments were so yeah give him the chance yeah. to well first things first it's difficult for me to express myself freely without upsetting people obviously none of you so i make my clear you know i'm not against leagues you know hmm. there's a lot of great leagues out there from grassroots all the way up to the premier league and everywhere in between okay and a lot of great volunteers um taking up their own time to make sure people like us have football to play or officiating. So, you know, a lot of love for that. What I'm saying is it's more about the format and the structure. I just don't think enough people are looking at how they can make things better. They're more about keeping things going and don't get, don't get things, you know, confused. Keeping things going is very important. You know, that's what, that's what our parents have done for us. That's what, you know, a lot of people have done for us to give us a good life, you know? I just think people aren't really questioning how can we make this better? Okay, if this is good, how can we make it even better? Now, people are thinking, oh, you just want to take away league football and just have cup football. So what happens if you have six cup competitions and my team get knocked out and ooh, and the, and the first round of every, what do we do for the rest of the season? It's a good mm-hmm. question. That's why I'm not suggesting that. However, something has to be done because null and void football can't be it can't it can't be the way forward forever and then you know you're looking at you're running a league and a league has been going on for a hundred years and in two of the five years you were running it two of them seasons were not void they said oh yeah there was a pandemic but hold up so what did you do next year to make sure that the next season wasn't null and void you know mm. first year you know you can make almost any mistake in life and get obliged the first time. The second time, you don't get obliged. So I'm just saying, listen, you know, I've been criticized a lot for um, running the London Cup, um, which a lot of it isn't deserved. Some of it may be. But, you know, and I'm not here to criticize other people. I'm just saying, as a football fan myself, uh, I, I was just a bit disappointed that after another void season, not enough, no adjustments at all were made, in, were made to avoid having another void season the next season. So yeah, uh, uh, some some hybrid competitions. I can't say too much. Some 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 hybrid competitions will be coming. I actually, you know what? I'm testing one. I'm doing some tests because you can't do anything without um, a test. So I'm actually running a testing a new competition format. Um, I won't tell you what day on the recording, but I like you too. So if you come down and see what it looks like. I'm going to test one out in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm having an under-18 competition. And I'm going to test it out. I'm going to have my co- some coaches there. I'm going to have my referees there. I'm going to have my players there. And I want the players to um, give me the feedback and say, how do you feel about this style of competition? Could this be the future? And I just want to hear it raw. I want them to say, oh, do you know what? Hey, it's great. Or I want to say, oh, do you know what? Man? I couldn't get a rhythm. I didn't really like it. You know? So we'll just see how that goes. But for me, nothing worse than a player than going on trial or going into a team and you're like, oh, who are we playing today? You know, oh, what is it? It's just another league game. Cool. Mm. Oh, no. It's a quarterfinal of a cup. Oh, raw. Or if it's a league match and it says, oh, we have to win today, otherwise we go down. Oh, raw. You know, it, it gets important. All I'm saying is compare your sports. And this is not a football problem. In America, baseball, they play 162 league games. Boston. Mm. They play 82 league games. They're only playing 70 this season because of... Right? 
that's that's only because of money. That's different. They want to get more people in the stadium or in the arena because more games, more home games, the more money you get. But when we're looking at a competition, that's why it shouldn't be called the league. It should be called a competition. Now, sorry, I thought a competition is supposed to be competitive. Right? <laughs> is the word, right? Okay, so can someone explain me something? Explain something to me. How can you have 11 teams in a division playing each other twice? What are the prizes? Okay, well, only one team can win the league. Okay, let's say you have a relegation. Okay, cool. So two teams go down. Okay, cool. So one team can win the league. That means around three teams will contend for it. So you have a Man U, Man City, Liverpool sort of situation. Maybe the best team, right? You have two teams going down. So you have four teams fighting for it. You have a Fulham, Brighton, Newcastle, Sheffield United, and they're all fighting, right? So what about mm. the teams in the middle? What about mm. the middle? Okay, you come in, Alex starts his team. You have some, a couple of your best players are injured or suspended. You lose the first three matches of, of, of your league. You can't win the league now. League done. Mm. You're too good to go down. So you wait, you're just there making up the numbers. That's all you're there for. Why is Sheffield United in the Premier League? So Man City can beat them. <laughs> yeah. It. No, it's facts, though. It's why, facts. Else you, why else are you there for? What are you there for? No one wants to see you play. You're not exciting to watch. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's <laughs> cool. But in a lot of grassroots divisions, there are no relegations. So what you, now? If, if they had it differently and they said, okay, the top four is, then play each other in a playoff, and the winner of that playoff is the league champion. See, now we're getting creative. You see, mm. when in February, okay, and you're fifth, and you know you can't win the league, and you know you're too good to go down. What are you playing for now? If you take away the competition, you can say, oh, I'm playing for exercise. I'm playing to get away from the misses. I'm playing to stay away from gang culture or knife crime. That's cool, but that's different. That's community. That's recreational football. But if you're in a competition, it's supposed to be competitive. A win. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay? UEFA, there's a lot of good examples. UEFA, a good example. Want to create the Champions League? They said, wait a second, doesn't that alienate some of the other teams? Cool. So we create a UEFA Cup, which is now called the Europa League. Okay. Mm. You see the Europa League, it might be a bit wide at the beginning. When you get towards the end, it's just as competitive as the Champions League. All right. Look at Porto when they beat Juventus, man. Did you see how Porto celebrated when they beat Juventus? Crazy game. Outrageous game. And this is this is Porto, you know. This is Porto, they have one of the best stadiums in the world. They're a recognized team. They won the Champions League before, I know, so a long time ago. Okay? Mm. This is a recognizable global European club. Why are they celebrating like that? Okay? Aston Villa beat Southampton. Are they, are they celebrating like that? Mm. <laughs> New Cosby, are they celebrating like that? No, it's just another game in March. It's just another game in February. So I'm just saying, you know, something, not a lot needs to change, but a few things need to tweak. Now, one Sunday youth league in Southeast London, I know the woman who runs the league. She's thinking to herself because she's thinking outside the box. She's thinking the big picture. So she's like, you know what? I'm running a competition, but it's not competitive enough. What can I do? So she changed the league rules from instead of three points for a win, you get two points for a win. So it's harder for the best teams to stretch away. And the smaller teams, well, they and need people, oh, one you're, win. Ruining, you're ruining football. And she's like, my job is not to ruin football. My, my, my job is to make my league more competitive. You know? So whenever it's coming towards what Sir Alex called squeaky bum time, no, near toward the end of the season, all the teams are squeezed in. They're squeezed in, you know, and it makes every game more competitive. That's all I'm saying. So, so I know that was long, it was long-winded, but, but 
how I see things. I think you explained it really well. You might have converted me. <laughs> you might just have converted Listen, me. I'll tell you this now. I am confident that I'm going to convert the large masses of grassroots football Absolutely. Next 15 to 24 months. I said, I, you <laughs> I've been wrong before, but listen to me. I, I know what it's like to be a footballer. I know what it's like to be a ref. It's not just footballers as well. Oxnana, when you are a referee at non-league level, you are in a league just like the teams. So you have 35, 40 refs in the league and the top four get promoted to the next level. So really? Referee, yeah. Well, of course. How do you think you have the Premier League refs to that? Exactly. That's what the Premier I League... I it just depends on your level. Yeah, but your level changes based on your promotion. Yeah, but how do you get to the next level? Yeah, it's a promotion. It's just like the non-league pyramid is the same for refs. So let me tell you this now. How can, if I'm observing you and Nana's observing you as a referee, how can I prove that you're better than Alex? I have to see how you can manage an end-to-end game. How can you work with your assistant referees? How can you manage volatile situations? How can you handle a man screaming in your face? How can you deal with a penalty situation? How can you deal with a red card situation? How can I do that if I'm watching a game and there's no penalties, no red cards, no yellow cards? It's wow, wow, wow. Minutes. Okay, Alex, so are you listening? Referees, referees, bad for the referees as well because they have, when I'm when you're at when you're refereeing a semi-professional football, whether it's combined counties or the, the Ishmael League, Boston League, Southern League, even the National League, it's March. Only one team can get promoted in, in, the, uh, in the Step 5 leagues. Only one team goes up. There's no playoffs. And three teams go down. And there's 24 teams in the division. That's the league I'm in. So after right. October, 16, 17 of the teams are playing for nothing. So when the referee goes and referees the game, it's not it's, nothing's happening because they're not playing for anything. Mm. Not playing for anything. So I'm just saying, football needs to football can be more exciting than it currently is. Stuffing a bunch of teams in one league division, making everyone play each other twice. Why is everyone playing each other twice? Why this is you don't have to go to Turkey to play your away game. You don't have to go to Portugal to play your away game. You know, and the fans are all surrounding the pitch. You go to Turkey and the fans have to sign up. Welcome to happen. <laughs> You're going from South Norwood to Beckenham, or you're going from Holloway <laughs> to Wingate. Like, no. why do you need to play no. home and away for? You know, it doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah, oh away match. What do you mean away match? You got it. You got five fans. How's that home advantage? You know, it doesn't Man. make any sense. Oh yeah, everyone needs to play each other twice. That's that's league football, mate. Since 1886. <laughs> oh man, Seriously, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Home and away. You're from. You're in Croydon. You're going back in them. How's that home and away? If everyone mm. wants, what would that look like? If you got two points for a win instead of one, you know, I'm just saying. Right, done. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Down in the rent. south here. Exactly. We'll be Alex, we play. Alex, time one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think I'm. I think I'm converted. I had some. I had some worries when I first heard you present your opinion. Obviously, a lot of other people seem to be offended by your comments uh, <laughs> when you last tried to explain it. But listening to you now, um, it doesn't seem like it was just a. You know, I didn't assume it was, but I can see clearly now. It's quite transparent that it wasn't just a rash. 
you know, no. comment, you process, know, process. swept under the carpet kind of thing. I think it looks like you thought about it for a long while. And I think the way you've explained it is very interesting as well. Especially, um, I, li- I liked the... Um, I liked the comment you said about um, the woman who's, you know, made the two-point system. I think that's very interesting. Um, I can understand the squeaky bum time element, you know, I think. And and now that I think about it as well, I can understand because there, there was the comment you made about the recreational um, people, you know, who come, who come to play football to stop, you know, maybe getting involved in crime and then, if they're in these competitions, they're excited to play football. Whereas if, you know, you're you're sitting 14th in the league and you've still got 10, 20 games to go, no, 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 you're not excited for that. You're just there because... And, and even that, let's just say, because, you know, we're all black, we, we can't ignore some of the socioeconomic factors that are happening all across London, all across the world. So mm-hmm. let's have a bunch of gang youth you have a bunch of kids coming out of of, uh, out of care or coming out of jail and you want to start a competition yeah let's just say they get into football and they're like yeah you know what i want to focus on this and stay away from that life Mm. how much more difficult that will be if they're getting beat 12 nil every week yeah you know how difficult that'll be if they get turned up 8-1 every week so more violent man (laughs) you've got to make that some sort of competitive because competitive They'll come back. Oh, we lost two one again. No, no. Hey, we're coming back next week. Hey, Bailey, fam, no drinking during the week, bro. This, <laughs> you know, it 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 gets people to focus on something bigger because everyone can't play for Chelsea, even at youth level. Everyone can't play for even the elite grassroots team. So you've got to be the king of your own world. You've been the king of your own castle, even if that's under 15 C division somewhere in Northwest London. Like if, if that's you, then that's you. But a league is a competition. And a competition yeah. is supposed to be competitive. competitive. 100%. Nana, have you got anything you want to add to that? No, I think Jamal has spoken enough, long enough to <laughs> put, <laughs> put everything. <laughs> a little bit. I just want to add a little bit to that. Yeah, um, obviously, we're, we're down from the South Coast and. Um, the non-league side round here is Hastings United. The two yeah. seasons ago, so the 1920 season, they were top of the league. They were definitely going to get promoted. The season got null and voided. Same thing again this season. Top of the league, season gets null and voided. With their potential, I'm one of their 23s and 18s players, but their potential at the club, they could be in National League South nearly by now. Same thing happened to Worthing. Same thing happened yeah, yeah. South. I can't remember who it was. It was. Yeah, them as well. They were a stretch ahead and they've been punished by null and void. And if we've had a tournament of some sort, they would win it. They'll get the prize money and all sorts. And economically for the club, for the locality, for the town, it's a success. So that's something that's happened in, I think, three or four of the non-leagues in the non-league pyramids which is punishing those who are winning, which is definitely not fair, in my opinion, at all. Yeah, listen, um, uh, I get sent to the South Coast quite often. So um, I refereed at Hastings, I refereed at Worthing, had some really good experiences there. I refereed at all the South Clubs, uh, Lewis. Uh, there's something about South Coast football that's 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 uh, pretty unique to other areas. 
But yeah, Hastings and those clubs, whenever you go to those clubs as, as a referee, you, you feel it. You can tell they're just so well run. They're so well organized. And obviously looking at Hastings, Lewis and Worthing, obviously they have very nice grounds. So um, refereeing there is always a challenge. I think two or three years ago, I refereed at Worthing um, on non-league day. Uh, so there's about, I think, 1,500 people in the crowd. It's an excellent experience. Um, but it's not just it's not just Hastings. Uh, I think the worst one is is Jersey Bulls, who play, um, I think they play in the Combined County Division 1, which is step six. So it's a couple couple of divisions lower than than um than Hastings. I think I think they dropped points in one game or two games uh out of you know 24 or something like that. So they're 15, 20 points clear. Um I feel bad for hashtag United as well. Um you know they weren't um that far ahead. Shout out Spencer my brother. Uh, yeah, Spencer. No no Spencer's not my brother but anyways um <laughs> no, we had a we had an issue with the with the Wembley Cup in regards really? to really and he would he wouldn't he wouldn't answer back and boy we'll come to that but yeah yeah Spencer I don't know was boy he's still ducking me so either way <laughs> um, <laughs> let's let's go to that now the, the club are bigger than hashtag, the club are bigger than Spencer so I feel bad for hashtag they were top of the table and Melvin Boyd has disrupted that as well but um but yeah those, those clubs I feel bad for all those clubs the competition structure idea that that I have is difficult to implement for the non-league. Because you are, it doesn't matter if it's step seven or, or all the way up to step one in National League Prem, you know, you are dealing with a system that is linked to the Premier League. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you got to treat it carefully. Now, someone like me, I'm, I'm, I'm so passionate and obsessive with my football. If I had the power to change the non-league pyramid, I probably still would potentially change the competition format because as I joked around about the home and away situation, at that level, home and away, there can be an advantage, definitely. Because Absolutely. look at Worthing now, there was a time, I think it was in 2019-20, so before the pandemic, there was a time where every single team that was on top of any one of the Ishmian divisions, so the, the league that used to be known as the Ryman League, so the Prem Division, the North Division, the South Central and Southwest Divisions, all the teams that were top of the table had a 3G or 4G pitch. You see? Mm. So clearly that, that was an advantage. Now, so it's difficult to, you know, you'd have to have a home and away situation at that level. And then on top of that, you can travel a lot. You can travel a lot at that level. I know as a ref where every game is an away game. So um, I know that as a ref. So at that level would be tough to implement my competition structure. But I just don't know if it's even being discussed. If it's being discussed and there's a vote and it keeps getting outvoted, fine. But I just don't know of anyone saying, we need to change this. We need yeah. to change it because we've had lockdowns long before COVID. You can ask Nana, you can ask any footballer, you probably know yourself. There were several times in 2011, I refereed two matches in between November and February because we had rain, we had snow, we had more rain. Oh. Poor facilities, uh, you know, the, the, the state of the grounds weren't as good back then as they are now because groundsmen are just getting more educated. They're getting more educated with the synthetic fibers, with the, weed, with, the, with the seeding, stuff like that. We've had plenty of lockdowns long before COVID, you it's know? Worse. And it's worse. that level struggled. You know yeah, I, I heard about all of that. I heard about the foolishness of the snow. I wasn't, I wasn't in the country at the time, but my mum, my mum, my mum lived here, and she was telling me about it. It looked, it looked mad. But um, yeah, what you're saying about the 
the conversations, whether they're being had or not, I found very interesting because, you know, you seem quite competent and you know what you're talking about. So even for someone like you to sit here and even contemplate, you know, is it, is it even a discussion? Do people even want it to change? I find I find very interesting. Um, Alex, I think that um, this, like, for for years, for years, I'll say maybe eighty hundred years, whatever it is, people have been focused on this league structure, mm. right? The way football is. So this new thinking um, is not going to be easy. But 100%. if people actually give it a chance, it's going to work. It's going to work. Um, so, you know, apart from, apart from um, my NHS work and refereeing and all that, I'm also um, a, a quality improvement coach. And I, I work with data in terms of looking at what has happened, looking at processes um, that are not working well, um, and then testing finding change ideas and testing at a small scale to see how it works. And if you look at the data for the past few years or the past 10 years in terms of the structure of the league, in terms of games being cancelled and like, I mean, coming to layman's level, you as a footballer, me as a footballer, me as a referee, when that winter season comes, the games that are cancelled, it's annoying. It's too many. It's you know it's yeah. So I'm 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 just saying that. Um, I mean I've had a few conversations with Jamal about this, so I know what he's talking about, and I'm I'm more than willing to you know to try it out because I I think it's going to work. But it's getting the masses on board to actually think of it to give it a chance. That's the problem we're going to face. So in in terms of these forums, when you actually understand it, it's it's. Is the time slowly, you know, advertise it? I'm, I'm sure when Jamal comes up with the with the, with the framework and, and you know the paperwork and everything, you, everybody's gonna understand it more, and then yeah. it will be an opportunity to let people know and understand that this is exactly how it's gonna be. Because Ooh, should we have don't a, like should we have a podcast one day of me sharing the? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. People, don't, I gotta, people choose, I gotta, I gotta like choose. Change. I gotta choose who to give it to. You know, an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> People, people naturally don't like change. You know, people don't, yeah. don't naturally like change. But the whole thing about changes, well, that's why you have a saying, if something is not broken, why fix it? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I say, if something is not broken, you can still find a better way of doing things. You see, you, you can always find a more efficient system. You can question it's definitely, it's definitely broke. I mean, listen. No, no, but I, I get you, Jamal. I'm saying that in terms of what, the way people think, a lot of masses are going to think this system is not broken. We, we, we do leaks for much for donkey years. So what's if, wrong if, any, if anyone can say either the system isn't broken or it could, it, it can't be better, then you don't, you don't know it because the Premier League don't really count. The Premier League have done well. UEFA have done well because the Premier League table is nicely set out. Top champion, top four, Europa League, and then relegation. So you have six or seven teams in the relegation battle, five, six teams battling for Europa, five, six teams battling for top four, plus another three battling for the top spot. So 
the, the, they've squeezed out the mid the mid table. The National League Prem has done even better. You know, one goes up, they then have, uh, I think two through five go through the playoffs. Then they have six and seven through a playoff eliminator, and four go down. So once again, they squeeze it all into where someone's always playing for something, and there's only two or three clubs who are kind of really in the middle who are playing for nothing. You know, yeah. so the National League have done excellent. The Premier League have done excellent. When you come down now, step three and four have done decently. They have a playoff system. The playoffs are so exciting. Refereeing teams who are trying to get into the playoffs, so exciting. But there's still about between five, six, seven teams playing for nothing. Step five and six, sometimes the relegation battle is somewhat interesting. But then you find out that the teams below can't come up or one of the teams have folded as a business so no one's going down that year. So that makes the whole bottom half of the table playing for nothing, you know? And a lot of those clubs don't pay their players, so they're not on a win bonus. They're not even on an appearance fee. So they're, they're literally just playing for the love of the game. But if you're just playing for the love of the game, you want to play with your friends. You want to play kids that you know. You don't want to play with a, a bunch of guys you don't know or you're getting to know. You know that, that's just how I see things. And I know there are millions of people who are playing and refereeing and involved in the football who have similar experiences um, like myself, where you know it's own things are only exciting from August to October and April and May, you know, and everywhere in between is kind of just going through the motions. You know, that's 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 part of the reason why we lose a lot of refs, we lose a lot of footballers, because each game isn't that important. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's very interesting. I think that's very interesting. I don't even I don't even know how to respond to that from the way you put it. Do you have any comments you want to make? Wow. Very. Mm. It's a massive topic. Um, it, obviously, my knowledge is nothing compared to the two of you, so there's not much I can really add. But along the topic of change, just briefly, as we start to wrap up, racism. Um, We've we've had the kneeling of the BLM on the pitch, you know, trying to show solidarity for the Black Lives Matter movement. This has been going on since August, I believe. We're now in March 2021 and racism in football still goes on. I just want to get your takes on it because the whole movement hasn't really changed much if footballers are still getting abuse. And I'm not sure about the eye level of football. Does that abuse still happen, really? Just want your thoughts. Nana, do you want to go first? Like I always He's said, pondering. Said, but, you know, hey, they're bad, man. They, they didn't even tell you you're on mute, you know. Just let you, just let you... <laughs> He's pon- he was pondering. He was pondering. <laughs> yeah. No, listen, this is... um, um, As black men on, the, on this on this podcast, this forum, we, we all understand the impact of racism um, in football and in every every sphere of life. Um, It's crazy. It's... it's it's crazy and it's a conversation which we would it could go on for hours and hours and hours on end um i've had so many experiences in my personal life in refereeing football like you know go back to where you came from or you effing black you know the c word i've had i've had everything i've had everything so um, I, I know, I know, I know exactly what it is. I, ha- I know that I have to work twice as hard 
in my field to get where I am now. And even if I want to progress, I, I need to work twice or three times as hard when I see the systemic um, and institutional racism that goes on. In terms of football, uh, I, I'll give you Zaha, for example. I, I absolutely understand where Zaha is coming from. But I don't agree with his stance at the moment. Mm. Because a lot of people over the years have laid out their lives just so you and I can have a better life. It's not the best at the moment, but it's a better life. The, 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 the cries out there, the torch is still out there. And kneeling before a game is a symbol that you didn't know before, but now you know. Our, our children are going to know. Our grandchildren are going to know. If you feel like the kneeling is, 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 is not getting anything done, do something else. Stand up, mm. put your fist in the air. Do something, but don't stop and say, well, I'm, I'm kneeling and nothing is changing, so I quit. It, it, I don't think it's, it's good enough, especially in the, in the, in the, as a high-profile footballer. You can do no. more. You can do more than that. You, you cannot just quit. You are, you are telling your grandchildren that if something is, is, is okay to quit, if things are not working for you, it's okay to quit. That's what you're telling them. Your, your mother told you not to kneel. Kneeling doesn't, re doesn't represent you being submissive to the oppressor. Mm. In terms of racism, kneeling and putting that face up, it doesn't mean, you know, it, my work, I've, I've put forward to put my surgery, we have banners around my surgery right now saying, saying uh, Black Lives Matter. And I went through hell trying to just to get those banners up in, in mm -hmm. the place in, in Karnari Wolf. And I, I, I struggled to get this done, but it's there. You see what I'm saying? Um, and I, when initially when they said no, I could have said, okay, if you say no, it's fine. But I said, this is a, this is a topic that needs discussion. It needs to go ahead. So I don't think that what he's doing right now, uh, even though I understand where he's coming from, I don't think it's enough for him with where he is in life and how many followers. He has over, what, 2 million followers, I think? Yeah. Everybody's watching you. So if you're telling this, like, if it's okay to quit when you think things are not going well for you, I don't think that's good enough. I think do something else. Bring a different trend. You know, mm. um, speak to the necessary people to make change happen. Look at Marco Ra Marcus Rashford and look at what he's doing. Look at LeBron James and look at what he's doing. You see what I'm saying? A whole school promise for LeBron James. You see, make an impact. By God, you have enough money to mm. make people look at you, to make people listen to you. You see what I'm saying? You have enough yeah. money to do that. So to just say, okay, it's not happening, you know, so I'm giving up. I don't think it's good enough, you know, but I could, I could go on and on and on, but I'll let Jamal add. Yeah, and, I, and I'm adding, I mean, you know, we, we, we have to call it how it is. Listen, we'll probably unfortunately never be able to completely eradicate racism. And that's not specific to racism. We'll never be able to stop crime. We'll never be able to stop cancer, you know, but we can just improve and just reduce it as little, uh, to make it as small as we can. I'd much rather be a black man now than in the 60s. Yeah, 100%. In the 1700s. So please, mm -hmm. it's delight. you have no idea what your future's going to hold. 
You might be managing a football team. You might be running a competition. You might be a headmaster. You don't know. So when black people are acting, oh, raw police are doing this, and well, look at racism, and oh, look, fossil mentors getting, oh, Fred's getting racially abused, Zaha's getting racially abused. Listen, careful because you don't want to go back to the seventies. You don't mm. want to go back. Okay, be lucky because you're around now. Racism, mm. Black Lives Matter, kneeling down hasn't had the impact. Yes, it has, and it's had a great impact. You can call me an FA robot if you like. Listen, a guy gets a monkey emoji sent to him. And it makes Sky Sports news. On that would have never happened. Yes. In the yellow ticker. One of my, one of, one of, one of the refs who mentored me, older guy, Millwall fan, he said in 1991, he was at Millwall. Arsenal were playing Millwall in a preseason friendly. Martin Keown and Kevin Campbell were warming up. One of the Millwall fans came down and said, Martin, he dug in his pocket, got some coins out, and says, Martin, how much money do you want for your monkey? Because Kevin Campbell was right next to him. Tell the story. People's jaws dropped. Did that make a newspaper? Did, did anyone even know about that? Do nope. you know how abusive that was? Because that isn't someone's hit your car or someone scored against a team so you're emotional. So you say something against it. Humiliation. This is someone who ran down towards the, the touchline doing a warm-up to abuse someone. And it's not just a coin. It's the whole gesture. He dug in his pocket, the coins out. But someone typed a monkey emoji, and it's all over Sky Sports News. I understand wow. it's still happening. I understand people aren't happy about it. I understand people feel it's unacceptable because it is. But there's a clear improvement. White people are taking racism more seriously now than they ever have. If it isn't you, I'm sorry. Um, part of me probably agrees with you. But it's 2021. I am much rather be a black man in 2021 than in 1971, 1951, 1881. You see the position I'm in? You see the position that Nana's in? Okay, do you know how difficult that would have been in 1981, 1991, 2001? Hmm. I wanna go back. So that means we're going forward. We're going forward, we're going forward. Okay, it might be slow, might not be fast enough. We're going forward. And make sure you send that message. This isn't my opinion, these are facts. Fred got abused, Timothy Foster mentor got abused, Zaga abused every time someone who isn't white gets abused racially. Uh, it's on Sky Sports News. It's, it's it's everywhere. So at least we're publicizing it. There's a campaign against social media. Hey, why, why aren't you stopping these accounts? White people are fighting for us now. If that is an improvement, boy, I don't know what it is. Brutal. I, I completely agree. And um, yeah, about the improvement, I completely agree. And Throughout, throughout this podcast today, you've seen a lot of talks of improvement and how we can improve and how we can, you know, make football better, maybe even sometimes make society better doing so. And I think both Nana and Jamal have explained it very well. And we are happy to have you on today. Um, make sure when you click on this, you look below We'll have their mentions, we'll have their podcast mentioned as well. Make sure you go check them out. Subscribe, listen, keep tuned. You know, Jamal seems to have his his schemes ready. We'll see, we'll see how they how they develop. Hopefully they do develop. I'm gonna say that now. I'm somewhat looking forward to it, you know. So yeah, thank you for coming on today, guys. Appreciate it a lot. Maybe have you on again soon. Who knows? Do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? 
both of you are very intelligent men. Just want to ask from each of you one piece of advice or information that you want to give to the listeners that will help bear them as a person or as a footballer. One piece of advice. Now that you can go first. You know, I said ladies first, so I don't understand why you're calling me on time. Eh? Ladies first, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> what he means by ladies first, like, yo, I need more drinking time. <laughs> uh, one advice of a footballer, if you really want to progress, you need to work as hard off the pitch than, than uh, as you do off the pitch. Um, I should have had um, a, a very comfortable, successful professional career. I only got a little taste of professional football. I spent too much time on the training pitch. Didn't do enough networking. Didn't do enough. Uh, talent is pointless if there's no one there to watch you. So as hard as you work on the pitch, doing your sprints, doing your drills, working on your crossing, working on your shooting, your passing, your first touch, make sure you're out there meeting people and the advantage you have is social media as well. Make sure you record yourself. Make sure you put yourself in the shop window so people can know you exist. The number one reason why a football club will not sign you is because a football club don't know you exist. Okay? Simple as that. And for those of you outside of football who want to be successful in anything, networking is very important. Make sure you educate yourself. That doesn't necessarily mean getting a degree. That doesn't mean necessarily taking a course that can be your own research. Make sure you educate yourself about that field because people like me are. I'm constantly educating myself and life's a competition. And if you aren't doing it, you'll never catch me. Okay. So for footballers, work as hard uh, off the pitch as you do on the pitch. For other people, research, educate yourself nonstop. Thank you. Brilliant. Nana? Yeah. Well, for me, it's, um, it might sound cliche, but follow your dreams. Follow your dreams. Um, don't stop. Like, if you, if you, Go down, get right back up. Dust yourself and get right back up. Um, there are a lot of people and a lot of obstacles which will be in your way. Don't let them stop you. You know, um, all, the, all successful people on this planet haven't quit when they've faced obstacles. So don't be just a statistic. Keep going, keep working hard, keep striving for perfection, and you will get there. You will get there. Amen. Uh, thank you, guys. I'm going to shut off the recording. That's having you on. Uh, peace. Thank you.